0: What's up, everyone? I want to welcome you back to another Nip City fantasy football podcast, the fantasy podcast to help you beat your friends. I'm your host, as always, Matt Nip City Talamayo, coming at you with another podcast of the week. I just want to thank everyone who's come onto this channel, who's listened, because last week I got over 12,000 viewers on the 10-team mock draft episode, and I just really want to thank everyone for coming out listening and taking any fantasy advice you can get from me, whether you agree with it or not. Now, today, I thought that we do some QB love-hate. So I thought i put out a list of some quarterbacks I love based on their ADP, their value, the rounds they're going, and kind of what quarterbacks I think are going to finish higher than their current ADP this year. And I also come out with a list of just quarterbacks I don't seem draftable, even as backups, some guys that just wouldn't target. So I thought we'd dive into that. But I thought we'd start off with some of the previous drafts that I just did Um I had two this past week. I had one 10-team half PPR league and then I had one also 10-team half PPR league, but that was the first draft for our dynasty league. So it is a dynasty league, so I'm going to have these players for the future. So I just I thought I'd discuss that a little bit and kind of just give a little reasoning behind why I targeted some players. So in the first league, I had the 4th pick. I end up taking alvin kamara because cmc went one cook went two and henry went three so i think no brainer the pick there was alvin kamara my goal was to target that in the second round i should say my goal was to target a running back but antonio gibson austin eckler and Najee harris were all gone this is a league where running backs tend to fly a lot faster than you hope for so they were all gone so i took calvin ridley even over DeAndre Hopkins, which some of you could call me crazy for it, but I think Calvin Ridley's volume this year is gonna be unreal in a heavy passing offense in Atlanta. So I took Calvin Ridley second, I paired him up with Keenan Allen the third, who again I could have took a running back there, but there was none I seemed fitable to be as my RB2. So then I waited a little bit and I actually took Travis Etienne in the fifth and james robinson in the seventh so i paired up that jacksonville duo i love etn this year especially in half ppr i think he's going to get an unreal amount of catches from that backfield so i paired them up i have mahomes as my quarterback who i took in the fourth because i knew i could get etn in the fifth so i waited a little bit and i already had my two receivers so i I, I, believe it or not i've never done this before but i jumped the gun i took a quarterback in the fourth round but i'm very happy with how the team came out i have jerry judy as my flex who i think is going to have a breakout year um, I have Er Smith, my tight end, who's already developed a connection with Kirk Cousins. I have Curtis Samuel, Kenny Drake, uh, Mooney from Chicago, all on my bench, some guys that I think are going to have a decent year, too. And I even took Ryan Tanner as my backup, who he fell to me in the 15th round, which I thought was a steal when his, he's currently the QB7 on the year, who we'll talk about a little later. But... I I was very happy with how I drafted in that team. And then when the Dynasty won, I actually had the first pick in that, and I obviously took CMC with the first pick. I felt like, you know, especially Dynasty League, I believe he's only 24 years old, so I thought CMC was a no-brainer there. And then in the second and third round, I loved these two picks. I took Calvin Ridley again, and then I paired that up with Austin Eckler. So I now have CMC, Austin Eckler, and Calvin Ridley in a half PPR league, in a Dynasty League with all of them under 26 years old. So I, I couldn't be happier with that. I took Alan Robinson. I took TJ Hawkinson, who's only 24. Lamar Jackson, my quarterback in this one, who I got in the eighth round. I took Julio Jones, who fell to the ninth round. I couldn't let that pass. I took Jamar Chase, so I'm going to have Jamar Chase for the next years. I took Justin Fields, so I'm going to have Justin Fields. Hopefully he breaks out, and I think he actually is going to have a great year. I actually think he's going to play a lot more than a lot of people anticipate. We'll discuss him a little later. But I was very happy with the team. I even took Jalen Rieger, Corey Davis, and Malcolm uh, Marquise Brown all late for three receivers going in the fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth round. I couldn't be upset with that. And I even have Tom Brady, so I was very happy with how that draft came out. And I have a draft upcoming Wednesday. I have the second pick in that. Most likely, going to target Dalvin Cook. I'm not sure yet, though. This is a I believe a standard league, so I'd still like Dalvin Cook over. Henry and Kamara, but I'm definitely going to weigh my options. So I'll keep you guys posted on that, and we'll talk about that in the next podcast. But without further ado, let's get to these QB love-hate list. And I'm going to go with the guy to start off on my love list that people are really hit or miss on this year. I feel like more people don't think he's going to do good in real life than fantasy. I think he's going to explode in a fantasy aspect, but this guy's Jalen Hurts. You know, a year ago when The Eagles selected Jalen Hurts in the second round. It was kind of a strategic move at the time for death, you know, because we knew about the Carson Wentz injuries. I mean, Carson Wentz was in the early part of a long, massive contract, you know, and Howie Roseman actually promised Philadelphia. He said this, and I quote, he said, they're going to be a quarterback factory, and he wants to develop signal callers behind Carson Wentz. Now, at the moment – that probably meant, you know, he could eventually move these quarterbacks to other teams for draft picks and players in return. And I thought possibly that's what they would do with Hurts because I actually thought at the time that Carson Wentz was more of the guy over there in Philly. However, Hurts is the guy there now, and he's currently eighty. He's currently a QB twelve at his current ADP, and he's going in about I would say the ninth, tenth round. Now we saw four starting games from Jalen Hurts last year, and he had a. 17.3 completions per game. This is all on a per game basis. He had 33.3 attempts. He had a 51.9 completion rate. He averaged about 230 passing yards per game. About one and a half touchdowns, passing touchdowns. He averaged about 0.8 interceptions, which I don't love. But again, this was his first four starts. You know, he definitely a little shaky. And point 0.8 is actually not as bad. I love that though. He had 11 and a half rushing attempts. He had 68 rushing yards per game. And he had about one rushing touchdown per game. And I think that's all going to rise this year. So the reasons I love Jalen Hurts is one. He got his kind of jitters. He got his nervousness out last year by being able to start four games. And now Philadelphia has given him trust by dealing Carson Wentz. And I, he'll have a good benefit, I should say, of a full preseason and training camp as the starter this year. He is going to be able to kind of develop under new head coach Nick Serrani. Nick Sirianni, I think that's how you say it, Sirianni, this year. And whether you like Nick Sirianni or not, he's a promising young, and he has a very smart offensive mind as a coach. So I think they're going to have to, and I think without a doubt, they will surround that offense around Jalen Hurts, and Sirianni's playbook is going to be developed around Jalen Hurts. So I I do think that is upside whether you like Sirianni or not. Um, The offensive line last year for Philadelphia was not good. It was pretty bad. And this year, it's must improved. I think they actually did a good job going out, getting a few guys. So I like the Eagles line a lot better this year. In the draft, they went and they targeted a, a number one receiver to give Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith, a guy who he's played with before. They still have Jalen Rieger, who I actually like. I think he's very talented. I think a second-year guy, you can't, can't be upset with having him as your number two or even number one this year. And, you know, players – don't really peak in their first few games. You know, we saw Justin Herbert really take away last year, and that was a rare case. He had an amazing year, nothing taken away from him. But second year, I think quarterbacks is really when they take that step up, and I I think that could be Jalen Hurts this year. Moving on to my next guy, I mean, again, I didn't reiterate this before, but I obviously love guys like Pat Mahomes. I love guys like Josh Allen. I love guys like Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, the guys that are getting drafted extremely early in the beginning of these drafts so i'm not going to put them on my love list but just know that those are guys you should target if you want to grab a quarterback early these are some guys that if you want to stack some like i should say stack some talent stack some depth in your lineup and grab a qb a little later these are the guys i want you to target so this guy right here is a perfect example of that and that's matthew stafford we saw matthew stafford get traded from his long-term team in Detroit to the L.A. Rams in exchange for two firsts in Jared Goff this year. You know, and I, I personally believe that Matthew Stafford is going to thrive in a Rams offense. You know, he is a traditional passer, so the only production he's going to give you in a fantasy aspect is based on his passing numbers. And his passing numbers, the last nine years, he's had 4,000-yard passing seasons, and he's had one 5,000-yard season. You know, in the last year, I should say, This offseason, the Rams were already loaded with talent at the wide receiver position with both Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and I actually think Van Jefferson's a very underrated receiver on the team. Now, the Rams actually took this offseason and added a couple guys – added, I should say, a couple speedsters in Deshaun Jackson and rookie Tutu Atwell. You know, and in 2020, Matthew Stafford's intended air yards per game – per pass attempt, I should say – came in at about 8.7 yards, and that was fifth in the NFL. Now, last year, Jared Goff, just to give you a little bit of a comparison, Jared Goff for the Rams averaged 6.2 yards, 6.2 air yards per pass attempt. Now, that was 30th in the league. So that shows you that this wide receiver core is going to get an incredible boost, not only in deep threats, but just in passing yards in general. So I think that is going to upgrade Matthew Stafford's fancy value. And again, This is a guy, if you want to drop death and stack your lineup before grabbing QB, Stafford is your guy who's currently going at an ADP of QB 13. So if you want to stack your lineup, you want to get some guys for your death, I I love doing that. Like I gave you an example, my ETN If Robinson. Ignoring that I took Mahomes in that draft, if I didn't have a quarterback yet, I still would have took Robinson there because I wanted that value. I wanted that death at running back position in case ETN is actually not the guy. So I am all for drafting death. I've done that the last... Five years of fantasy, and I'll still continue to do that, and I'll still go out and grab guys like Jalen Hurts and Matthew Stafford. Speaking of guys like that, another guy's Ryan Tannehill. I'm gonna add him to my love list. I thought about not putting him on here, but he's QB seven right now, but he's not going at QB seven. He's going super late. He's been falling in all the mocks, all the drafts I've been doing. He's currently going in the I should say 11th, 12th round, and that's pretty far for Ryan Tannehill. You know, he's been dominant. These last two years, whether we want to admit it or not, he's been the most underrated quarterback. He's been number one without pressure. He's been number one on early downs without play action. He's been number two passer when planted, and he's been number three inside the pocket. So Ryan Tannehill's been doing it all. And I know you could say, yeah, he lost Corey Davis this year. He lost Johnnie Smith. But they added not only Julio Jones, but they added Josh Reynolds. And I know the departure of Arthur Smith, I've been talking about that for a while one of the reasons that I like Matt Ryan. Um, but Ryan Tannehill, it, they kind of know what he's, he can do now. So the departure of Arthur Smith is not going to affect Tannehill. It's just going to kind of give him that edge that he needs to show that he can do it without I should say. But at the same time, we, we again, we've seen what Tannehill could do. So I think they're going to keep it consistent. You have a great receiving core now. And you'll have a good run game as well. So they can do a little bit of all. And I think Ryan Tannehill could be dominant as a QB1 this year. And if he's there as a backup for you in late rounds, please take him. Please, please take Ryan Tannehill. Now, I added this guy very late too, and this is the last guy on my love list. I'm going to talk about some honorable mentions as well. But I don't want to be sleeping on Joe Burrow. You know, I I know he is coming back from a 20 ACL and I believe in MCL, he took a brutal hit last year, but you have guys like Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, who's going in the fifth and sixth rounds and Burrow finished around the same fantasy points as these guys last year, you know, before the injury, he had 13 touchdowns, only five interceptions. And that was with Joe Mixon out all year. AJ Green, not looking at all, like we've seen AJ Green. So now This is one of my favorite receiving cores too this year because now you add Jamar Chase, who I think is going to be a promising young receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think he's going to be great for years to come. Another one of the reasons I drafted him in my dynasty league. He was one of the guys I I wanted to target. And we forget about Tyler Boyd being a top 15 receiver on a fancy basis every year. He's been 15 – I'm sorry, I should say 15 to 20. But that's pretty solid for a guy going in the – Ninth, tenth round. And also, T. Higgins is coming back. Joe Burrow already has a connection with T. Higgins. We saw that last year. So, being able to grab Joe Burrow in the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh, and using your earlier picks, like I said before, to stack up on running backs and receiver or even snag a top tier tight end is not bad. And in terms of schedule, I mean, Joe, uh, not Joe Burrow. Well, yes, but the Bengals have one of the tougher schedules of the year based on combined records from the previous season, but they play very, very weak secondaries going this year. They play the Raiders. They play the Vikings. Now, they play the Browns twice a year who actually, I think, upgraded the secondary, but they're young guys, so you have an opportunity to take advantage of that. Jacksonville, the Jets, Detroit, all weak bottom 10 in passing yards per game last year. So I think Joe Burrow could have a field day in 2021, and I'm excited to see what he does. So don't be sleeping on Joe Burrow this year. Now, just a few honorable mentions who I wouldn't put in my love list, but if you want to take a fly on these guys, I'm all for it. I talk about Matt Ryan all the time. You know, he's currently QB 15. Now, I said this before. This is one of the reasons I like Calvin Ridley. Arthur Smith is the new head coach who redeveloped Ryan Tannehill's career in Tennessee, okay? I think the offense is going to throw a lot, okay? I think – Calvin Ridley, as I'll say this now, I'm going to talk about this in the podcast with receivers. I think Calvin Ridley finishes as a top three receiver on the year. And I honestly would not be shocked if he finishes the number one receiver on the year. Okay. Now, for Matt Ryan, I think you have to approach him like this in a deep league, if you have like a 12 to 20 team league, you could draft him and another guy like Mayfield, like Kirk Cousins, like uh, Justin Fields. They kind of pair up with Matt Ryan in case he doesn't do exactly what we think he's going to do, in case he has some bad games, in case he doesn't really throw the ball too efficiently. But you could pair them up as a duo. I like adding Matt Ryan as your second guy, even in better matchups going into the year. Now, if you have him in Dynasty, you could even take him as a starter, as you say, if you take a rookie like Trevor Lawrence, if you take a Justin Fields, if you take a Trey Lance. If you want to take a chance on those guys in a Dynasty League, and you don't really have a quarterback late that you feel comfortable grabbing, Matt Ryan could be that guy. And I would say in a standard 10-team league, I would take him as your backup. I'm I'm totally okay with taking him as your backup. Now, if you value a guy, like I said before, like Baker Mayfield, like Kirk Cousins, like Tom Brady if he falls. If you value some guys like that more, that's understandable. I get that. But don't, don't sleep on Matt Ryan because of – the record you think atlanta's gonna have this year fantasy and nfl are completely different i love guys in the nfl who i'll hate in fantasy and i'll love guys in fantasy who i'll hate in the nfl so don't be scared to grab matt ryan i think sam donald's an instance guy to take a flyer on he's another honorable mention i want to put on this list and the reason i say sam donald is because he's in the new system with a offensive coach, I like Matt Rule. I hated on Matt Rule first, I will admit that, but I, I like Matt Rule now. And this is the best everything. And I mean everything Donald's had in his career. This is the best defense. This is the best offensive line. These are the best weapons last year, uh, for this year. The, these are the best weapons Donald's ever had in his career. Now, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall, and Christian McCaffrey all on that offense to throw to. And especially for a guy who ranked seventh in deep passes last year in Sam Donnell, I think he's going to be aggressive. I think he could be a guy that you're going to see in week three, you're going to like, damn, holy shit, maybe I should pick up Sam Donnell as my backup right now. So I, I definitely want you to get in your If he's not drafted Sam Darnold, or you don't draft him, add him to your watch list. Take a look. Keep Sam Donnell on the radar. And I, I like Kirk Cousins this year. I think Kirk Cousins is another instance the guy to put on this honorable mentions list. You know, he's currently QB 17, going, I would say, 14th, 15th round, even if he does get drafted. He's got a weapons, man. I mean, Adam Thielen is one of the most consistent receivers in the NFL. Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to be a star. He's going to be a, another breakout year. I think he's going to have a similar year as last year, but I think he's going to have even more touchdowns than we expect. And Earth Smith has a connection with Kirk Cousins already, and Earth Smith was catching touchdowns in preseason. So... I think that's very interesting to look at for Kirk Cousins, who's a very smart pocket passer and doesn't make too many mistakes during the season. And honestly, when healthy, if this line is fully healthy this year, that's a very good offensive line. It's a very good offensive line. I love the Christian all pick. I thought that was one of the most interesting and best picks of the draft. So I would keep an eye on Kirk Cousins. Now, to get into the hate, and again, I don't hate these players in real life. I hope they have great seasons. Just strictly talking fantasy, though, like I, I can't see myself drafting these guys. The first one, I'm sorry, the Steelers fans out there, is Big Ben. I, I respect and I love Ben Roethlisberger. I always respect him for what he did draft night, where the draft was Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and him. And Eli Manning was complaining about where he wanted to go, and Big Ben was just happy to be drafted anywhere. I always will respect that for him. But, you know, Big Ben, after missing the 2019 season, he had a solid 2020 campaign. And I will give him credit because everyone kind of talks about how Big Ben didn't do that good last year. But Big Ben was decent last year. He played way better than we expected coming off an injury in 2019. He threw 33 touchdowns. He only had 10 interceptions. You know, his numbers were solid. But, you know, he did have surgically repaired right elbow led to some troubling concerns, you know. I mean, Roethlisberger, he had 6.3 yards per attempt, which was the lowest average of his career, and he also just completed 27.8% of his deep throws from 20-plus yards downfield. He also ranked 32nd amongst quarterbacks with a low, and I mean low, and we talked about this before when discussing Matthew Stafford and um. Jared Goff. I couldn't think of his name for a second. He only had a uh, 6.3 air yards per attempt which was 31st among the league and at one point he was averaging 3.1 air yards per attempt you know so these struggles you know are a little concerning he's 39 years old you know and I don't love the offensive line this year I do think that was one of the worst downgrades in the offensive line we saw this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers I don't love the offensive line, and I I do like the addition of Najee Harris for the Steelers as a whole, and I love Najee Harris in fantasy this year. I think he's going to get a big workload, and that means less passing attempts for Big Ben. I I think they're going to commit to the run a lot more due to the fact that they were one of the worst rushing teams last year. So I can't see Big Ben anything as more than a QB2 backup this year. But I also, like I said before, I think there's better backups in Kirk Cousins. I'd rather take a flyer on Justin Fields, on Trey Lance, on Sam Darnold, than go after a 39-year-old Big Ben. But I'm ruined for Big Ben. I hope, I hope he succeeds this year. Now, again, sorry to hurt Giants fans' hearts, but I can't see myself drafting Daniel Jones. You know, I, I will say... I'll tip my hat off to the Giants because they made some moves to help Daniel Jones this year. Danny Dimes, man, they really gave him some weapons to help him out. You know, they went out and they got Kenny Galladay, who I think is a big upgrade. But a lot of people, when discussing Daniel Jones' issues last year, a lot of people say that it was not even too much on him as his wide receiver's inability to get open. Now, Kenny Galladay averages about. 1.09 yards of separation from defenders before getting injured last year. And just to add a little context, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slain both averaged 1.83 and 1.43 of separation. So it's not a huge difference of separation for his wide receivers to get open. So I can't really say that going into this year it's going to be on the receivers because it's not. You know, and – Daniel Jones last year, he finished his QB 24, which was honestly better than I expected. I will give him that. And he managed to throw 11 touchdowns despite only playing in 14 games. Now, just to compare, Dak Prescott had 13 total touchdowns in five weeks. And Daniel Jones only threw 11, you know? And on top of that, he only completed 62.5. Which was thirty-first among quarterbacks for a completion rate last year. And he he didn't pass three thousand yards. You know, I will say I, I think the Giants offensive line did upgrade, but it has some struggles. I've heard that Andrew Thomas has looked good, which I'm very happy about. But I don't love Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. I you know, he's worked with Daniel Jones so, already. So we can't say that he's not it's like adding Jason Garrett or Jason Garrett as the OC is going to help Dan Jones. I said that when he first got there, but it hasn't helped him. You know, because the Giants were in 31st in points scored on an off as an offense last year, and only the Jets were worse than that. And the Giants averaged only 17 and a half points per game in 2020. So I can't say adding, uh, not adding Jason Garrett, having Jason Garrett is going to help him, you know, and I can't say the offensive line is going to add help because, again, I do think it's better, but it finished 31st last year. And Nate Solder, who opted out last season because of the coronavirus, is back. But they, they made no effort. I didn't see them go after an offensive lineman in this draft. They went after a receiver in Kadarius Tooney, which, again, will help Daniel Jones, but I don't see – uh Kadarius Tooney making a big leap this year in his rookie year. I don't think he's gonna be that much of a factor. He's not a guy I see to target in drafts. And I mean they did they did add Kevin Zeitler. They did add Zach Fulton in free agency. So I, I will say it is some improvement and I'm rooting for the Giants offense to succeed this year. And I, I do want to see Daniel Danny dimes, Daniel Jones succeed because if he doesn't this year, I do think due to the fact that the Giants have two first round picks last year, it would make sense for them to go up and grab a guy like uh, Spencer Rattler, like Sam Howell, the guy from USC. I forget how to pronounce his name, but he's pretty good. So I I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants draft a quarterback next year if Daniel Jones doesn't do that good. But, again, strictly fantasy-wise, Jones only averaged 14.7 fantasy points last year. I do think that's going to upgrade. I can see him around the 16 mark this year, but I can't see anything crazier than that. So he's just not a guy I would target. But in real life, I hope nothing but success for him this year. Tua, Tua. Tua Tagovailoa, man. I love the guy. I really do. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, and there's nothing more than I want to see Tua succeed this year in the Brian Flores offense. Now, I love watching Tua play since he was in college, and I, I want to see him have a breakout year, but I don't see that happening fantasy-wise this year. This is, again, strictly fantasy-wise. You know, I we saw last year Fitzpatrick be 10 times better than Tua fantasy-wise you know, and two is going around the 13th round this year. And I think there's other options to look at. I think two is going to have a good year. I do think two is going to have a good year. I love that Miami went out out of Waddle. They went out, they had a Wolf Fuller. He's only uh, suspended one game. So that's not an issue. He does have a history with injuries. So hopefully he'll play a lot more for the Dolphins. You know, Devante Parker, I like, but he's, he's never broken a thousand yards. I have to, be honest with myself there and he had last year he he did have a career high of nine touchdowns so Tua does have the options to throw the ball and be productive but again he's going in the 13th round this year and the only reason I'm putting him on this hate list is very simple one i think there's other guys who are going to fall in your drafts, who are going to be more effective than Tua. And I feel more confident taking a flyer on Justin Field than I do Tua, strictly, strictly fantasy-wise. And also, again, I said this in the last podcast, Tua was not aggressive last year with the football. He wasn't. So this year Miami is going to focus around making Tua more aggressive. So he's either going to be – smart with the football like he was last year, and make aggressive passes when he needs to. You know, because we saw Fitzpatrick was a gunslinger. Fitzpatrick threw the ball all the time deep. He threw it. He took chances. He, th- he just he threw it. He took risk a lot. Tua was more safe. The He kind of just took his subtle Drew, Drew Brees-style passes where he'll get those 10 yards every play. He'll do something simple like that. Now, what Tua needs to be this year in order to succeed is – a combination of him last year and Fitzpatrick. He needs to be smart with the football, but aggressive when he needs to be. Okay. So I that's option one for Tua. That's what he should do. Option two is simply gonna be he's way too aggressive with the football. He's making too many aggressive throws, and he's gonna throw a little more interceptions than Miami fans will hope for. So I hope Tua succeeds. I really do, but that is just my little take on Tua. So he's just not a guy I can see myself drafting over. Again, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, you know, there's some other guys. Just taking a look at ESPN's list, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick probably is at, by the end of year is going to average more fantasy points than Tua. I mean, I I don't think it's going to be a by a lot, but I, I do think. Fitzpatrick will probably average like 17, and Tua's gonna average around 16, maybe. You know, I think Baker's gonna average more. Matt Ryan, you know, the only few guys I would take Tua over is Cam, Big Ben, Zach Wilson, believe it or not, any of the New Orleans quarterbacks, unless James Winston gets his groove. I hope he does. I think James Winston should be that start. I just want to make that point real quick. But yeah, I want nothing but success for Tua, and I hope he gets it. But yeah, that was my QB love hate list. Um either tomorrow or the following day, the running back list is gonna come out. That podcast is gonna be a lot longer. It's gonna be a lot more in-depth talking about running backs because that is the centerfold of your fantasy team. And same thing with wide receivers. You know, I'm gonna be talking about receivers, where you should be grabbing them because this is a deep, deep receiver class. So you might not want to grab first-round receiver after seeing how deep this wide receiver class is but thank you for listening hopefully you guys take some of this QB advice and want to grab them in the round per basis so I want to thank you I hope you guys go out and win your leagues